Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Welcome to Stream City, everybody. Population, I don't know, like eight from one game. You know what's kind of, I, I, I shudder to use the word nice about the stuff going on in the NBA right now, but you know what's kind of nice about it is that there are literally so many options that we can change our day-to-day strategy to make life simpler on ourselves. And I'll tell you what I mean by that after I say hi. Hello. Good day. Happy Thursday, all. Two days till Christmas. We will have a show tomorrow, by the way. I know there's no no games tomorrow, but we'll recap some Thursday stuff, kind of get you situated for the weekend. We don't miss shows, man. That's not what we do around here. We got shows. Shows on top of shows on top of shows. I am Dan Bespris. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I am currently two followers away from 9,000, which is kind of crazy. I didn't think I would become somewhat addicted to that tally three, four, five years ago, whatever it was, but now I kind of am. So please do drop me a follow if you could. And of course, the best, single best NBA fantasy news feed on the planet is what the editors have put together over at Ethos Fantasy BK. That is your reason for signing on to Twitter. Get all the NBA news and fantasy analysis. It's the greatest combination of speed and accuracy that you can find anywhere. And I don't say this lightly because Roto World for, sorry, NBC Sports Edge for many years, that's the gold standard. But Sports Ethos is now faster. And the fantasy analysis is excellent on both. And then Fantasy Labs, which was sort of the gold standard for speed, because they didn't have any analysis. They just tweet news as it breaks. They miss stuff. In the middle of the day, they probably do run a little faster than the places that have analysis. But I I swear, I don't know that I see things on Fantasy Labs after about 7 p.m. Pacific anymore. Sports Ethos has your ticket to Fantasy NBA News. Ethos Fantasy BK. Go drop them a follow on Twitter. So, for one, we've hit the part of the the, this Omicron outbreak where people are now starting to come back out of protocols at about the same speed that players are going into protocols. So that's good, at least. There's always that front-end thing that mentally we sort of don't prep our brains for because this is such a rare and strange set of circumstances that because almost all of these players have had to sit in a 10-day quarantine for the first 10 days of this outbreak it's just going to be a bunch of players going into protocols every day four five six ten eleven players whatever and so all of a sudden you're at 60 players in protocol and nobody's come out But now we're at the part where folks are coming back. We've seen some Bulls coming back. It sounds like Zach Levine is on the cusp. Some Lakers have come back. Hornets have come back. A couple of Nets, we found out, are good to go. James Harden is back. Paul Millsap is back. It sounds like KD and Kyrie are probably a little bit a ways away. Uh, But, I mean, they might be within one or two games of returning as well. So, yes, players are going into protocols, but also players are now coming out. There's an equilibrium. And I hope that it 
stays, we're not going to like keep throwing more guys in than are coming out. It'll be something of an equilibrium because we know the players, the NBA as a whole, has been extremely vigilant in vaccinations, in in, uh, procedural stuff, and hopefully that'll slow things down. But what I mentioned at the outset, and I'll go through some examples from yesterday's card that lead me to this direction, is that in most seasons, you have to be a full game, not day, a full game, so more like 1.75 days or two, uh, ahead of whatever we think is going to happen, whatever that might be. By the way, as I'm talking right now, uh, CJ McCollum update flashed by. He's doing cardio activities. Uh, no timetable for a return, but that's obviously a, a really positive sign. And as we talked about it before, these guys that, that go through this pneumothorax stuff, it's usually like a three to four week thing for, for NBA players, but it can range to as much as three or four months. It sounds like he's on the mend. Back to the discussion at hand here. Most seasons, because the number of streamers that pop up in a given week pre-COVID was only like one or two, when someone went down, you pretty much had to make a move immediately or someone else was going to get that streamer. I can't think of a great example of this, but I'm sure if we racked our brains and thought about two to three years ago, the before time, you could think in your mind like, okay, look, um, we could even take an example from this year and, and pretend it's three years ago. Clint Capella went down. If you didn't immediately race out and grab Aniko Kongwu, like, within a few minutes, he was gone. Because there were 11 other teams in your league that all had plenty of roster moves left for the week, didn't have a whole bunch of guys that they were, like, balancing in their own COVID protocols, weren't saving roster moves to make sure that they were using it on the best available option or saving them to make sure they had moves left if one of their fringy guys ends up in protocols, you had to go get him. And this year, you don't. If you did, that's fine. He played 19 minutes yesterday. He was in foul trouble. That was obviously the, the big piece of the puzzle there. But if you didn't race out and get... Aniko Kongwu, the moment we found out Clint Capella was in protocols, guess what? Other guys popped up later the same day. And on top of that, because there are so many daily jumps into and out of this 7 to 10 day window, people are having trouble keeping track of stuff. And when there's like three guys that go out on the same team, you don't necessarily know who's going to be the player who makes the giant leap forward. Let's stay with Atlanta. Trey Young, Gallinari, Herter. These guys all drop into protocols at the same time. Bogdan Bogdanovich was set to come back from an injury at exactly that same moment. So we didn't actually fully know who was going to get to do what in yesterday's game. Three years ago, If all three of those guys went into protocols at the same time, you probably just had to take a swing. And most people would probably go get a Kongwu because it was like, okay, well, Clint Capella's in protocols. At least I know Gorgie Jang is probably not going to play more than 20 minutes. And he got more yesterday because of a Kongwu's foul trouble. But again, that was probably the guy people would race out for. And then everybody would be caught kind of 
you know, rolling their hands together thinking, all right, do I go reddish? Do I go Bogdan if he was dropped? Do I go DeLon Wright? Skylar Mays started this game but only played nine minutes. Lance Stevenson got signed to play in this ball game and he actually played 23 minutes. I think, personally, I think if this happened three years ago and there weren't, forget, pretend it's not COVID. Pretend that Clint Capella, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, and Danilo Gallinari all suffered mild ankle sprains on the same day. Three years ago, almost all of these guys would have gotten picked up immediately. Because they would have been the only four really good streamers to emerge. And they might have been the only four good streamers to emerge for a week. But everybody's so careful right now, and rightfully so. They don't want to use roster moves if uh, if they're going to have to drop one of their own guys later. We're now late enough in the week, by the way, where you can start to use them on stuff like this. Or Roto, you don't want to drop someone who's a decent performer. But this year, there's an interesting new way to attack this stuff, which is you can actually watch the game happen and know... These guys aren't game-time decisions. Three years ago, if I told you all four of those guys suffered sprained ankles, you'd be like, well, I don't know. They might come back in two games. They might come back in one game. Trey Young is pretty durable. Gallo's probably going to miss three weeks with a sprained ankle. We know these guys are out seven days. You know you've got the whole week. You don't want to use a roster move on someone who's not going to get playing time. And in Roto, you got plenty of roster moves, so, you know, whatever. But there's so many things happening that right now... You can legitimately watch a game of reserves play and then make your call. By halftime in yesterday's Hawks Magic game, we knew Cam Reddish was going to be the big winner of all of this stuff. I don't think that was that obvious going into yesterday's ballgame. We also knew Delon Wright, who we thought, all right, well, like he's going to probably get some point guard minutes, but are they going to really lean on him because they haven't let him do all that much this year? Yeah, big winner also. And it confirmed, I believe, what we thought about Okongwu, which is he's a hell of a permanent guy, and he's going to get some playing time here as he works his way back from an actual injury. And Gorgie Jang is not the answer. So by midway through the third quarter yesterday, I had picked up Cam Reddish in pretty much any place I could. I had picked up DeLon Wright in pretty much any place I could. And I had picked up Aniko Okongwu any place I could. And yes, in a few of my leagues, look, I'm in 13 leagues. I know you guys aren't in 13 leagues, so you can't take this shotgun approach like that in a few of them i don't know four of those 13 leagues someone had already picked up okongwu three of those 13 leagues someone had already picked up delon Wright, and like six or seven of those leagues someone had already picked up cam reddish but you know what i didn't care because in those leagues i knew i could just flip over to a different game hey is chumo kiki still floating around probably not but i could pick him up is gary harris still floating around terrific he's been outstanding the last couple games and the list goes on like this. I mean, that was just in one game. I thought there were like six viable streaming options. And it's not the only one. Viable streaming options on the Clippers. We've already talked about the Kings in the past. So what this season has done, that I believe is actually something of a strange, mixed-up positive, is it's given us the opportunity to watch a game before making the roster move. You legitimately can take a wait-and-see approach to some of this streaming stuff because if you miss out on one guy, it doesn't matter. There'll be someone else the next day. There'll be two, three, four someone else's the next day. 
You're not going to miss out on all of them. I promise. And on top of everything else, we talked on yesterday's show with Adam King about fantasy malaise. Right now, I'm guessing not all 11 opponents in your league are scouring the wire the way they might have if they didn't feel like the sky was falling in on their team. So you're now competing with these, with, I don't know, seven or eight instead of 11 opponents in your league for six streaming options every day. You got a pretty good odd, pretty good chance, pretty good probability to end up with some of those guys without racing to the wire, without making the move before you have enough data to make the move. Which, by the way, that's a great thing for head-to-head because now you know the guy you're plugging in for your stream is going to be successful, provided they don't end up in COVID themselves. And on Roto, I mean, I rotated through, I made two, three, four moves in some leagues yesterday alone just to make sure I wasn't falling too far behind in games played and knowing, you know, Atlanta played a back-to-back here. Terrific. I think Orlando did too, if I'm not mistaken. The quick check on it. Yeah, they go. They both those teams went back to back, so we got to see them play, and you could make the pickup for today. I think this is, you know, I, I get it. Fantasy is difficult right now because there's so much going on. By the way, shout out once again to Adam and the rest of the Sports Ethos editors for having the the COVID protocol tracker going and updated in real time. Anytime someone goes in or out, they update the tracker. They update the streaming options. This is a great one-stop shop to find out who's in, who's out, and what you can do with it. Of course, there are other guys that are hurt, not with COVID, and you'll just have to track those yourself. <laughs> you, can also, you can also track those using the uh, Sports Ethos Injury Tracker. Um, but I do want to shout out also our buddies at Thrive Fantasy. A couple of you guys, sounds like, checked them out over the last 24 hours, so please do continue to do so. It's a really fun way to get involved with daily fantasy, even though it's really, it's like daily fantasy adjacent because you're still, you're still uh, checking in on numbers you think a player is going to put up, but it's more of a prop than anything else. Okay. You don't have, you don't have to know exactly everything they're going to do. You don't need to know exactly how many assists some superstar is going to get if the prop is on their scoring. You can really hone in on the key elements. So join us, won't you? Prop up with our buddies at thrivefantasy.com using the Thrive Fantasy app or the website, as I just gave you the URL, thrivefantasy.com. Use promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S. Get a 100% deposit match bonus on a $10 deposit. They do it up to 100 bucks, but on a $10 deposit, which is like, I mean, we're going to win that, by the way, on our odds boost at MyBookie today. So here's, here's a thought. You guys are always like, what can we do for you, Dan? And I'm like, just leave five-star reviews. Here's something you can do. Follow me over to my bookie and put $10 on the will there be a field goal in the NFL game tonight prop, which there almost definitely will be. It's not guaranteed, but what do we think? 95% chance? It's only a $10 maximum bet because of how likely it is to hit. After you win your 10 bucks, take it over to thrivefantasy.com, open up an account using that promo code ethos, like I just told you, Put in the $10 you just won from my bookie, and Thrive Fantasy will match it. So that's another $10 in your account. Now you got $20. And Thrive Fantasy will give you two $20 contest entry tokens. So effectively, you take your $10 you're going to win at my bookie tonight on the NFL odds boost, and you turn it into $60 worth of play money 
over at Thrive Fantasy, where if you win, you can turn it into more than that. Bring it back over to my bookie and bet the odds boost with us again tomorrow because they got one of those going every single day. Those are, okay, like, I know we do promo stuff here and we're working with these companies and that's obvious and we, we're not hiding that, but with my bookie, they've got a promo every single day from two days ago until the 1st of January. There are three or four promos coming up tomorrow alone on Friday. And uh, let's see, we won the Duke bet yesterday, so we're up 25 bucks on that. We're going to probably win another $10 today. So we're going to be up 35 bucks this week, and we're not even into the thick of it yet. I think there's going to be 14 total boosts over these 11 days or whatever it is. I might be getting that wrong by one or two boosts. But look, at this point, if we're making on average about 10 to $20 per boost, just come along with me and win $100 or $150 or whatever it turned out to be and then put some of it with our buddies over at Thrive Fantasy. Promo codes at our two top partners right now, ethos at thrivefantasy.com and hoopball at mybookie.ag. The odds boost, by the way, at mybookie, available for everyone. Doesn't have to be a new user, so rejoin us if you have an active account over there. Just make sure you log in and take advantage of the free freaking money. If you guys are not taking the free money, I'm going to be very upset with you all. All right, let's quickly go through the uh, Wednesday results. This will be a slightly shorter show today, probably tomorrow also, if I had to guess, although we do have kind of a weekend review type thing to, to go through on tomorrow's show. We already talked to Orlando Atlanta, um, but this is this might have been one of my favorite streamer games that I've ever seen in my life. Not necessarily just because of the names that are out, because uh, Cole Anthony is, by the way, he's questionable for Orlando's game, so that would shake things up a little bit. Um, Hassani Gravit played 25 point guard minutes. That obviously just poof up in smoke. Uh, Franz Wagner will still get his touches, but the shots will come down a little bit. Okiki might not get 14 shots, but he'll stay a starter if, uh, if Anthony comes back. And then Wendell Carter Jr. coming back would, I presume, push Lopez back to the bench, although I'm not entirely certain of that. That it, It'll be a bit of a question mark. I'd be... Hard-pressed to start Robin Lopez if both Cole Anthony and Wendell Carter Jr. come back for Orlando's next game. But I feel pretty good about Okiki, provided he's starting. He's become a steals monster in his brief work. And then Gary Harris has actually been pretty good as kind of a schedule streamer that, to me, has moved into roto-friendly streamer if those guys remain out. And then Franz Wagner, he's a go, obviously. He's been, you know, hovering right on the borderline for most of the year. So as soon as anybody was out on this team, he moved well up above the cut line. And the Atlanta side is even more exciting. Because the remaining bodies on that team, which is effectively John Collins and Bogdan Bogdanovich, as he works his way back, he was on a minutes limit yesterday, those guys are going to do plenty. Although with Bogdan, I don't know. It's questionable, like... Is he going to be back up to full speed before guys come back from protocol? Here's the thing. It doesn't matter. There's so many available shots with no Trey and no Capella and no Gallo and no Herder that these remaining folks, almost whoever they are, are going to be fine. Delon Wright, he's a top 60 fantasy player in starters minutes. We've seen that a million times. John Collins is already great. He's going to do more. Cam Reddish who's very much a gunner, but if you give him an extra six, seven, eight shots in a ball game, that puts him way over the cut line. 
fire him up. So pick up Reddish, start him. Pick up Okongwu, start him. I think he probably moves into the starting lineup before Capella comes back. But even if he doesn't, half a ball game is more than enough for him to do damage. And pick up and start Dillon Wright. There's so many options on this team. And you know what? If you missed out on some of those guys or all of those guys, no big deal. We'll have more. We'll have more on this card. Although, oddly, not so much with Cleveland. I think maybe the only thing that changed with the Cavs, despite all their absences, because Dean Wade wasn't very good, I thought Chetty Osmond would do more off the bench, and he's probably a schedule streamer. He moves from not startable to you could probably drop him in there if the head-to-head schedule was a good fit for your team. Uh, Taco Fall, he's not going to get enough minutes even as the starter. I I think the the real news with Cleveland is that Kevin Love probably moves from someone you could use in head-to-head and just hope that he kind of plods along at like 115, 120, 130 range. Uh, he'll probably be inside the top 100 here with an extra three, four, five, six minutes per ball game. He played 23 yesterday, and lately that's been enough for him. So Kevin Love, I think, moves from head-to-head only to all formats. And it's weird, by the way, that that's the only, to me, big thing to come of all those Cleveland absences. Because Darius Garland is still there, and he's going to end up doing most of this stuff. With Boston, uh, Ennis Cantor Freedom is now in protocols, but luckily the Time Lord came back just in time and had arguably his biggest game of the year. I'm a little bit upset that I didn't get a chance to do my big Time Lord buy low segment on the podcast, but you guys knew I was saying it because I kept talking about him as a buy low. We just didn't really find out what it was going to cost trade-wise, trade chip-wise. Anyway, he's back inside the top 60, and you know all the games are not going to be this delightful, but... Certainly with Al Horford out, they'll be pretty good. Jalen Brown had a big one. Tatum was fine. Uh, Marcus Smart got off to a good start and then pretty much did nothing the next three quarters, and frankly, they didn't really need it. Uh, but he'll be fine as well. He's, he'll take a step back with everybody healthy. Speaking of taking a step back with people healthy, Dennis Schroeder, probably a drop when this team is healthy. He was in foul trouble, and that did contribute to uh, lower minutes and lower production, but we've seen it before. When Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart are all in for Boston— Schroeder is not. You probably hang on to him if you're, you know, punting big man type stuff. But, you know, from a strict nine cat vacuum standpoint, he's not going to be good enough when everybody else is playing. I truly don't know what the hell happened with Denver yesterday. The starters just didn't have any energy. So Malone pulled them. The reserves weren't a whole lot better. And Denver lost a game that they really shouldn't have. Uh I think the only note to pull up isn't necessarily from this ball game, but more of an overall standpoint, which is that Will Barton has fallen off hard over the last month. He's number 143 over the last 30 days, and over the last two weeks, he's outside the top 200. Which, I don't, I mean, we all, we probably all kind of figured eventually he was going to come back to Earth. I don't know if he's hurt or just winded, but there will most likely be an upswing coming at some point so you're not punting on Barton you'll keep him uh but I don't know that you necessarily need to start him in Roto right now while he's looking this beat up no real notes on the OKC side we can just keep kind of shuttling along from there Houston expects to get Jalen Green back in their ball game tonight he'll be on a minutes limit curious what that's going to do to guys like Armani Brooks and Garrison Matthews I don't know that you necessarily have to drop Matthews as a preventative measure but you can start to move him back into that, okay, well, if someone's got a go bucket, he creeps in that direction. I think Eric Gordon probably continues to start at point guard until Kevin Porter Jr. comes back, so that stream is probably fine, 
But overall, we're seeing Houston now kind of turning back into what they were at the beginning of the year, which is, I don't know how you use much of anybody on this team outside of head-to-head schedule streams. Milwaukee uh, got weird with Grayson Allen again. It sounds like he was battling an illness. That was the report after the ball game, although nobody said anything about it until he just didn't play again. I think there's an expectation he plays tonight, and if he does, he's going to get to do a bunch because Jordan Nwora got the start at shooting guard again and took 18 shots in this blowout win. So there is all kinds of usage available. Even though Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are both back, I think you can still start Pat Connaughton and Allen in pretty much any format, and Boogie in pretty much any format. DeMarcus Cousins, 18-8 and eight with a block, a couple of assists, a three-pointer, actually did it on good percentages, which is not something he'd been able to do since his big injuries, and maybe it's just playing in this Bucks system. Now, obviously, uh, if Giannis or Portis comes back, you yank Boogie out of your lineup as fast as you possibly can. But as long as those guys are out, it does seem like he gets the run at center right now. So there's another short-term stream, although that one probably closer to its end point. Yeah, Wesley Matthews got in there as well. Super deep league kind of thing right now. Clippers at Kings. Clippers, another scene of the streamer crime. Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard out. Kennard injury, Jackson protocols, which means Eric Bledsoe had run of the ship at point guard, and uh, it went really well for him. 19 points, 8 boards, 7 assists. You can stream Bledsoe as long as Kennard and Jackson are out. When Kennard comes back, I'd be a little bit nervous about that stream on Bledsoe on the Roto side. I think you can just sort of roll with him while Jackson's out on the uh, the head-to-head part of the schedule because, again, it's not costing you a games cap. Nick Batum, you can probably part with. I think I've said that before. It just To me, it doesn't look like he's 100% healthy. I don't know that he will be at any point this year. Maybe he's getting his wind back. I don't know. They've kept his minutes pretty much in check here, uh, despite the fact that Marcus Morris remains out. So they could they could really use Batum for the most part. But it was actually Serge Ibaka who got going yesterday. Only 20 minutes for Serge. Keep an eye on that. I don't think it's going anywhere. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein still out. Morris still out, as we just mentioned. So a couple of big men on the shelf, which means Zubats safe. PG, obviously safe. Uh, and then again, I think in this current construct, you can play Eric Bledsoe. With the Kings, Rashawn Holmes came back, but only played 17 minutes. That number will increase. Typically right now, you can go Barnes, Heald, Metu, and Halliburton, and you can add Rashawn Holmes to the mix as long as he's uh, beginning to ramp up here. As other guys come back, you probably see, I would assume, Metu likely take the first hit, and then Heald probably takes the hit after that. But damn, look at what Tyrese Halliburton's doing these days. That's what we call delightful. He's number 33 per game in 9-cat right now. Scoring and assists have been on the rise, of course, with De'Aaron Fox out. And Halliburton hasn't even shot the free throw all that well so far this year. Sky is really the limit for this kid, and you're starting to see a little bit of it. Obviously, not in, the, in winning circumstances, because a lot of his team is still on the shelf. Uh, and also because they're bad. The Kings are not a very good team. Uh, but he's inside the third round now. This is a guy who was drafted near 55 or 60 in a lot of leagues. And he's played in 31 of their ball games. There's a lot to like uh, about Halliburton so far this year. I think, in fact, if we if we dig a little deeper by totals, because he's he hasn't ended up in protocols yet, as I knock on wood, uh, 
yeah, by totals, he's number 18. So he's a mid-second rounder on that front. And, you know, I think I'm just going to kind of put a pin in it here. We'll just call this one a half an hour show today and move along. That's, you know, that's like off-season length show. It's the holidays. I know only half of you are actually listening to the pod right now anyway. But you know what? It's Streamer City. And I'll say the same thing today that I've said pretty much every other day this week, which is use this stretch as an opportunity to be better in your fantasy leagues than other people. Use your roster moves to add games to the docket. If Even if you feel like you're getting thumped, I do have one team. Look, I, so I, I know what you guys are talking about. I, when I mentioned that one person tweeted me to say, look, I have like a 17-game disadvantage against my opponent. You know how fast that can change? Your opponent could have three guys end up in protocols today, and suddenly... You know, six of that 17-game disadvantage is gone, and you might get two guys back, and your 17, the, the 11 now becomes like a seven-game disadvantage. And if you were streaming, now you make it pretty close to even. But yes, I understand. One, two, three, four, five. I have six guys on one team that are in protocols. That's pretty tough to overcome. It's all protocols there. So none of those guys is a game-time decision. None of them... Uh, sorry, two of those guys are actually long-term injuries. The, the other four are in protocols. And I'm out of roster moves. I get it. There isn't a whole lot left to do in that type of scenario. Uh, But simple fact is, earlier in the week, I made moves in that league to try to minimize damage. And now, we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm I'm losing, yeah. uh, But I'm, I'm right on the cusp of overtaking in like two or three categories that otherwise I had no, no chance in. But yes, it seems quite apparent that, uh, I'll be at like a 14-game disadvantage by the end of that week, and that probably won't go that well. But look, in a lot of instances, not all, but a lot, you and your opponent have pretty similar problems. Two, three, maybe even four guys out as opposed to six or seven, where if you make your moves there, drop one of them, stream a couple spots, whatever it is, you can add six, seven, eight games to your ledger, and all of a sudden you're winning seven to two instead of five, four, or losing five, four. Stay on it, people. This is the time. Everyone's getting tested right now, not just you. Everyone is getting tested. If you can be the team in your league that stays hyper-focused right now, it's going to pay off huge in your head-to-head league later. It's going to pay off in your Roto League because you're going to use up all of your games cap on guys that are in monster fill-in positions where other people might have been playing dudes that are putting up you know, top 120, top 140 type lines just to make up ground later in the season. This is your chance to make up some ground. Don't lag farther behind. Don't let that happen. So stay on it. Keep plugging. And we'll have one more show this week for you tomorrow before uh, Christmas over the weekend. Folks, have a lovely, lovely Thursday. Big card on tap. Lots to keep tabs on. We'll probably have nine more streamers coming from it by the end of the night. I am Dan Vaspers at... Dan Vaspers on Twitter. This is Fantasy NBA Today, Sports Ethos presentation. Hey, come uh, win 10 bucks with me at MyBookie and spend it uh, over at Thrive Fantasy. And hell, maybe you turn it into some more. Follow our DFS guys. They'll give you some props to play over there as well. So long, everybody.